I think for most of us as songwriters, we simply don't write as many songs as we would like. Even sometimes if we put a lot of time into songwriting, sometimes the amount of songs that we actually get to the finish line can be somewhat disheartening sometimes. So in this episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast, we're going to talk about three reasons you will not write enough songs this year. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Vidala. Honored that you would take some time out of your day to talk songwriting with me. If you haven't already, be sure to pick up my free guide at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. All about 10 different ways to start writing a song. Today is a little bit more about finishing or seeing a song through, but sometimes another huge struggle is just getting started with a song, staring at the blank page or staring at our piano or guitar saying, okay, now what? Go on, creative brain. So if you want help with that, be sure to check out that free guide. Again, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Link will be in the show notes per always. In this episode, though, we are talking about three reasons why you and, <laughs> and I uh, will not write enough songs this year, specifically, of course, with the goal of us identifying these things so that we can fix them. And uh, these three things are largely taken from my own experience, frankly, where the the areas that I find myself and in talking to uh, really the one other person I know who does songwriting, some of the things that sometimes come up as recurring themes uh, really, I think for creators in general, but of course we're talking specifically songwriting because this is the songwriter theory podcast, not the creator theory podcast. But the first one is that you allow yourself to slow down when it's tough sledding. Or really, we should just make this a we. We allow ourselves to slow down when it's tough sledding. And it's easy to do the easy stuff. <laughs> right? Like that sounds obvious. And that's because it is obvious. Whatever it is in the songwriting process that we find fun and easy, that's the part that is simple and trivial for us to actually accomplish. So if you find coming up with guitar hooks very easy, you'll probably write a ton of them, right? For me, Probably uh, piano hooks would be one of those. Um, when it comes to the musical side of things in general, that part I think is really easy. I've mentioned this before, but I, I have a friend. I, I guess I shouldn't have said I have one songwriter friend. That's not really true. I, I have two. Two. I'm sorry I forgot one for a second. But anyway, he does EDM music, and he does it without vocals. And... I joke with them sometimes that like, man, I would write so many songs if it wasn't for lyrics, because lyrics is the thing that slows me down by far the most. And so that's probably true for a lot of us, where there are just certain parts, and maybe it's the entire music, maybe it might be melodies for you, maybe you come up with great chord progressions easily and quickly. So it's easy to do those things fast. But then sometimes it's easy to not just slow down when it's tough, but actually like allow ourselves to almost stop or sort of 
quit on a song. Even if we're technically not quitting on a song, sometimes it's sort of like de facto quitting in the sense that like we just stop writing it for like three months. Like we, we might not have actively said to ourselves, I'm going to stop writing this song. But the going got tough and it wasn't as fun anymore because we got to the part that that is like, you know, it just maybe you can't figure out what to do with the music and the bridge. Right. You have this great chorus. You have a pretty solid verse. You might even have some good lyrics going on. But the bridge is just like, I don't know where to take this song. And you say, well, maybe it doesn't need to have a bridge. So you try it sans bridge. And then you're like, nope, nope, <laughs> definitely needs something. Definitely needs a bridge part. And the going gets tough. So is in those moments where it's so easy to just start working on or continue working on, again, an easy part of another song. Right? It's easy to, to do the initial improvisation to figure out that sweet, sweet guitar hook or that awesome bass line or that really emotive melody or that great piano riff. And then the second you hit a road, roadblock, be like, oh, well, let me go back to improvisation because that's fun. And let me come up with another guitar hook or another bass line. It's so easy to do that. And sometimes it's okay to do that. But eventually, we have to fight through and do the hard parts. Because our goal isn't to start a bunch of songs this year. And it doesn't have to be this year, right? Just, just in general. Our goal is not to start a bunch of songs. It is to finish songs. Do you know how many people I've heard say something about they want to write a book or they started to write a book? Almost nobody actually finishes a book, right? Everybody talks about it. A lot of people start it. Very few people finish it. And ultimately, the only thing that matters is finishing it. Which, by the way, shout out to my cousin, Jim Urban, who I think he used a pen name for the book. But he, uh, I heard about him working on a book a few years back. And he recently finished it, and it's getting published, which is awesome. And he absolutely does not listen to the show, but <laughs> I'll throw a shout-out out there anyway. Super cool. Super cool. Just, like, it doesn't even matter how good the book will end up being. I have no, good, no idea how good it will be. I don't even care. Just the fact that he finished a book makes him an absolute champ. And the same thing can be true for us just finishing an EP this year, right? Talking to myself here, too. Talking to myself here, too. Um, and one thing that I find that's helpful to stay on task that I've, I've done re here recently. You may have heard of, like, the five-minute rule or the two-minute rule. I think they're the same. They're just different numbers. And I think sometimes it's called the 15-minute rule. The idea is it's a thing you don't want to do, but if you tell yourself, I only have to do it for two minutes or five minutes or 15 minutes, and you set a timer... Oftentimes, even though you, the, the reason you were able to manipulate yourself into doing the thing you don't want to do that's a pain in the butt is by telling yourself truthfully that you only have to do five minutes of it, right? Because you can do five minutes of anything. And then half the time or a part of the time, sometimes, 
you get through the five minutes and you're like, actually, this isn't so bad. Why, why, why did I want to avoid this so badly? So that's something that can be helpful. And ultimately, too, just, just keeping the the end in mind. And again, I, I'm talking to myself here, too. So if you're thinking, wow, yeah, this speaks to me. This sounds like me. And <laughs> I suck. I suck, too. <laughs> OK, we're in this together. So don't don't feel bad about this. Sometimes, oftentimes, right? It, it's kind of like writing the book, right? To go back to the book thing. It, it, I don't want to say it's easy to write a first draft of a book because uh, I haven't done that. So, so I'm not going to just be like, oh, it's easy to write a first draft of a book. But it's a lot easier to write a first draft of a book, I would imagine, than going through the entire process and, and refining it and editing it into something good. And with songwriting, right, again, there's going to be parts, and it might even be different between you and I, that are easier or harder, and it's so easy to quit or to delay when we hit the hard part. But ultimately, the hard part is what we need to finish and we need to get through in order to actually reach our goal. If you have a thousand half-done songs, nobody gives a rip. Nobody cares. If we have even 10 finished songs versus 10,000 unfinished songs, 10 finished songs is better. So yeah, maybe the it, it appears that the songwriting slows down when you hit certain parts. But ultimately, a song must be finished for it to have any value, really. So it's worth it. And just as a, a last note on this point, not every part of the creation process is always fun. I think this is like a misconception that a lot of people have for for really anything that maybe they're passionate about. And I think it derives from things like the whole phrase about, you know, if you're passionate about your job, you'll never work a day in your life or whatever it is. If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. That is a load of crap. <laughs> like, that's just ridiculous. Like, it's... It, there is always going to be an element to anything worth doing that is not fun, right? I love doing this podcast. I love making videos. I love talking about songwriting. But there are absolutely days that I just don't feel like it, right? It might be that I just want to actually do songwriting and I don't want to talk about it that day. Or, you know, sometimes I go through a mode where I was like, man, I, I just don't know what to talk about this week. How, how, how can I help people this week? Or, you know, maybe there's something I want to talk about, but I feel like I, I haven't figured out the right way to teach it or talk about it. So, you know, I, I kind of shy away from it. And then, you know, imposter syndrome comes up and a bunch of different things, right? No matter how much you love something, sometimes it work. And I feel the same way about songwriting, right? There are some parts of it that just aren't that fun sometimes. Sometimes a song is fun from start to finish. A lot of times it's not. A lot of times there are steps along the way that are just irritating, right? Like if you just can't get that one section to work or you have the song almost done, but there's like one lyric that just doesn't work or it feels like, you know, you have this bridge, but you don't know what the lyrics need to say during that bridge. You feel like all the lyrics you've already written already cover what you need to. And you just can't figure out, well, what can I say that's different and meaningful and important in this bridge? But you don't want to cut the bridge out, 
because it's a it, musically it feels essential. There are an infinite number of ways that a part of songwriting can become work. Just like anything else worth doing. And it's important to keep in mind that that happens, but it's worth it. And it's meaningful to work through the parts that maybe aren't always so fun. And I think this is one of the big things about creation. That that is why ultimately people default to consuming, which then leads into our second point. It's so much easier to consume than it is to produce or create. In fact, I would argue it is infinitely easier to consume than produce or create. Right? I mean, you literally can sit down and just turn a TV show on and zone completely out. You are doing you might as well be asleep. And yet you are in the process of consuming. It's so easy to infinitely scroll on something like TikTok. I wouldn't totally know because I don't have TikTok. And if you have TikTok, you should totally delete it. Uh, but YouTube shorts, same thing, right? Infinite scroll. Uh, really anything social media with infinite scroll, hugely dangerous, right? Because it just never ends. There is no end. And speaking of myself here, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of YouTube videos in general. I have bunch of people that I follow, right? I, ha I have uh, some Denver Broncos stuff. Uh, that's good sports. Brandon Perna does a great job for NFL fans. If you like comedy and NFL, uh, not clean. I'll give that caveat. Not clean, but very funny. Brandon Perna also, uh, that's good sports. Also, also uh, anyway, anyway, moral of the story. <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting into that. It's not important, but there's a random shout out. Number two, I guess, of the episode. Um. You know, I have, and I have a bunch of other people that I listen to or watch on YouTube that I thoroughly enjoy. And I have enough people that I follow on YouTube that usually at any given time, I can watch a video from a creator I know I like that I haven't watched. And it's really easy to get lost in that, right? You lay in bed, you cast it to your TV. And you can just add stuff to the queue until you have two hours worth of videos in a queue. And even, even things that sometimes we tell ourselves are quote-unquote productive. And, you know, this is certainly not self-serving to say. But I'm going to say it anyway because it's important and ultimately I'm here to help you not to help myself. And I'll prove that with what I'm about to say. It is so easy to continually excuse listening to music and even this podcast or any other songwriting podcast or the videos that I have on the YouTube channel or anybody else's songwriting videos or music production videos or whatever else and say, oh, it's, it's research and it's learning. So it's productive. And I have so many friends, so many friends that have said to me some version of they equate learning about something with being quote unquote productive, which I find interesting that that's so ingrained in people that it is productive to learn 
that people just say it without even thinking about it. But when you really think about it, it is factually not productive to learn. Now, when I, when I say that, I don't mean it's not um, productive in the sort of general sense of like, oh, a generally good thing to do, right? Because we kind of expand what the word productive means. But ultimately, it doesn't produce something, right? You can learn. You can listen to this podcast and listen to every single episode and never finish a song, technically, right? Which means ultimately, what do you what what do you what are you doing here, right? Um, I'll talk about myself again for a second. Uh, throw myself under the bus again. Uh, for for me, uh, I I used to listen to a a writing podcast like a for writing novels and stories, and I listen to easily over a hundred episodes and I forget what it's called writing writing something whatever it's Brandon Sanderson's with some of his friends I don't remember their names but Brandon Sanderson's the main person uh, a podcast about writing and I, I love the podcast I learned a lot but then I realized you know what realistically I'm not gonna write a novel maybe ever and certainly not anytime soon, because I simply do not have time. And I realize, you know what? It's not really productive for me to sit and, and listen and learn about how to write a novel if I'm not going to then write a novel. And technically, it's really not productive in and of itself anyway. right? It, essentially, learning is consuming. Right? right now, you are consuming this podcast. You're not producing this podcast. This, this podcast is is not productive or, or not something that you actually produce, right? You are consuming right now as you're listening to this. And again, nothing wrong with that. Learning is good, right? Ultimately, learning can help you do things better and do things faster and be, you know, uh, less ignorant about certain parts of the creative process, right? Like, um, you know, for example, you might have been a person that, that, assumed music theory was the same as uh, being able to read sheet music. And you said, ah, that's academic knowledge. That's not important. Uh, but then you listen to this podcast and you're like, oh, wow. Music theory is super helpful for writing music and has nothing to do with reading sheet music. Very interesting, right? And you might ne never have known that if you didn't you know, watch my videos or listen to the podcast or watch somebody else's videos or listen to their podcast. And it's via learning that you got past that hurdle, right? So of, co of course there's value to learning. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you must do for there to be actual value, right? If you learn without doing, it's completely worthless, ultimately, or borderline completely worthless. It really has no more worth than just watching the latest season of Cobra Kai, um, which is always a great use of your time, by the way. <laughs> but um, doing, though, without any learning actually has some value, right? And that's why several episodes I've said, hey, if you've listened to two or three episodes in a row and you're, you're you know, listening to this weekly, it's not like you're binging and catching up. But if you're somebody who listens weekly as these episodes come out, if you listen to two or three straight and you haven't done any songwriting, turn it off, right? Turn off the podcast. Go go write. That's more important. You know, this podcast can wait. You can listen to this next week, right? Uh, they're not going anywhere. 
And ultimately, the most important thing for you to do is actually write. So again, point number two, so much easier, maybe even infinitely easier to consume than it is to produce or create. So sometimes we just, we have to get out of that mode of infinite consumption. It's so easy to just consume and consume and consume. And even, I mean, it's it's amazing how easy to fall into it is because, um, you know, if, if you talk to most of my friends, they'll, they say comments like how I'm like this crazy person and I just produce and produce and produce. And I, honestly, like, I, I don't feel that way at all. Now, I recognize that, you know, if you take the average person, right, the average person realistically creates nothing like over years, right? 10 years go by in their life and they literally produce not there's nothing that exists that would not have exists it would not have existed without them making right like they never create a piece of art they never build a a, a bench or a floor or their house or you know, whatever it might be not that those should be compared those are kind of a weird comparison but you know because that's the default setting right the default setting is doing nothing so i'm not coming down on anybody doing that i understand it Right. And, and the reason I bring up that, like my friends think I'm this crazy producer person or whatever that like is constantly productive. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm really not. Um, I like to be, and I understand that I, I am overall productive, but man, I waste a ton of time. I waste a ton of time. You know, there's so many times where, uh, you know, I'll find myself like, man, I just watched like two hours of YouTube videos. What am I doing? Right. Whenever the new season of Cobra Kai comes out, weekend's gone. <laughs> weekend's gone. I love that crap. So good. Uh, and and Netflix doesn't release episodically, which makes me sad. I prefer that because it forces me to slow down. Um, but anyway, the moral of the story is even for those of us that do genuinely love creating and producing, right? Even enough that I make do this podcast I do YouTube videos. Uh, I used to have a second YouTube channel before I realized that I just didn't have the time to justify it and I should spend more time on on songwriter theory, um, which was the Mount Rushmore of everything. I mentioned it way back in the day, but if you want to go check out me and my friend Carlo talking about the Mount Rushmore of a bunch of different things like cereals and stuff, go, go check it out on YouTube with its whopping... It had 50 subscribers at its peak. I think it's down to like 42 because, you know, no video in a year. But anyway, so I did that. And of course, I do actual songwriting, right? And yet, tons of time is wasted. And it's very easy for me to go into a mode where I spend a whole week and didn't produce anything. It's so easy for that to happen. It's so, so, so easy. And I'm sure the same is true for you, right? I'm, I'm sure you've had times, maybe, maybe even in this past week, where you're like, dang it, I have done nothing. It happens, right? No need to beat ourselves up over it. Uh, but it is important that we notice when that happens and then force ourselves to get back in producing mode because it's easy to forget how much we love producing and creating because it is more work than consuming. Our default setting is always consumption. So sometimes, you know, it's like our default setting is to not work out. Right? I mean, there are some people who somehow their default setting is to work out. But for most of us, right, by default, we sit 
on the couch and eat potato chips while we watch football. And we have to force ourselves to get up and do some more pull-ups. And creation is the same thing. So we got to do that. Last reason. We will let our internal critic and our internal editor win. So there's absolutely value to our internal critic and our internal editor. But I think we make two huge critical mistakes with these otherwise valuable voices that are in our heads. One is we let them enter the room too early. So when you're first starting to write a song, the editor has no place in that room. You should allow yourself to create, to write, without that editor saying, no, that's not good enough, or this sucks, or no, change this. No, no, no. At the beginning, the writing process is the writing process. The editing process is the editing process. And of course, there's some overlap. But ultimately, I think the reason, one of the reasons, that we stare at a blank page, either literally, when it comes to lyrics especially, or metaphorically, where maybe we're sitting with our guitar or at a piano or bass or whatever instrument is your main instrument or the instrument that you're choosing to start your song with or continue your song with. Ultimately, the reason that we get held back or the reason that we, again, stare at the blank page and get nothing done is because we allow the editor to come in, right? So we're thinking about oh, what's the first line that I write of my lyrics. And our editor's there saying, got to make it a good one. Got to make it a good one. This is your first line. Like almost definitely the first line we write won't even make the final cut. And we just need to start, right? We just need to write stuff and eventually we'll start to, you know, get a few lines that are like, okay, that's intriguing. That's a good place to start or that's a good idea. And then, you know, there are steps way later in the process that are actual editing, right? Like iterative lyric editing, my personal favorite step of the six-step lyric writing checklist, which you can also grab at songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist if you're interested. But um, you'll, you'll notice in that checklist, you know, it, editing doesn't enter the picture until I think literally like step four, <laughs> like of six, right? At first, we just need to write and not let our editor slow us down. And, you know, sometimes you may have a good idea or an idea that can become a good idea. But if your boss is in the room or if, you know, you had an actual editor and they were physically in the room with you, they might strike it down before it has a chance to develop into a good one. Right? Sometimes we need to allow our, our ideas to fester for a little bit and to sort of, you know, develop on their own in our mind before it's at the point where we can share it with our, our, our friend who's going to be like, ah, that's a terrible idea, <laughs> right? Well, maybe develop it into a good one before you bring your, your friend's opinion into things. Because maybe if you just let it develop in your head, you would develop it into something good. But if you allow somebody else to have a voice about that idea and they strike it down, you might never even bother developing it because you've already decided, oh, it's a bad idea then. Maybe it's a bad idea, but maybe it's it's just a underdeveloped idea that can become a good one. You just need to work at it more. And our internal critic does that same thing, right? Our internal editor or critic slows things down. 
and ultimately might reject things too early. And ultimately, the thing to remember is, and again, this is going to sound super obvious, and it is, but it's important to keep in mind. Editors edit. They don't write. Again, editors edit. They don't write. Writers write. And it's important early in the songwriting process to be a writer, not an editor. Allow yourself to improvise without that critic and that editor being like, oh, well, no, nope, nope, just improvise. Just write words on the page. Even start with prose writing. Another shout out to that six-step lyric writing checklist, which that prose writing is usually a part of the brainstorm sheet. But, you know, just doing stuff like that where we are taking steps to make sure that the, the editor really doesn't have a chance to enter the room metaphorically. And anyway, so the second critical mistake we make with these valuable voices in our heads of the internal critic slash editor, which are arguably the same, but kind of two sides of the same coin. There's little differences between them, but um, we also let them have more say than they should. And if we think about critics, you know, like movie critics, uh, beyond the fact that they are largely provide, provide so little value. Uh, I feel like I don't have anything kind to say for your average movie critic. I, I certainly like some on YouTube and stuff, but man, like the Rotten Tomatoes is just a joke. It's a joke. Anyway, um, but, but critics, right? It's easy to point to weaknesses in the hopes that the weaknesses can be resolved. But ultimately, nothing is perfect, right? Uh, you know, I a problem I have with things like, say, red letter media, and I, I don't know these people personally. I'm not trying to attack anybody. Uh, but, you know, I used to have friends that really enjoyed it. I remember thinking, like, man, at the end of the day, if you try hard enough, you can rip apart the greatest movies ever made, right? There's always going to be something wrong with anything that's created. We are fallible people. You know, our creations are never going to be perfect. And I'm not saying there's no value to critiquing. I, I think there's valuable critique and non-valuable critique, right? Non-valuable is when you just tear something down for the sake of it. Uh, valuable critique is when you're like, well, okay, you did this, but you know maybe this would work better. Or you know, admitting like, hey, I don't know how this could be made better, but man, this part just doesn't really work. Not just like, oh, this sucks, right? Like, oh, that takes no, <laughs> that bring, it brings no value. There's no point. What are we even doing here? And our internal critic can do the same thing, right? Tear our stuff down and not be productive about like, oh, okay, how can we make this better though? And in a similar way, editors shouldn't totally change the piece that they're editing, right? Whether it's a, a newspaper article, which makes me sound old, I'm only 29, I swear, um, <laughs> or you know, anything else, right? A movie editor, they should be refining what's already the, already there, right? In fact, let's take movies for a second. Literally, an editor has scenes, right? They Sure, they can decide to cut a scene early if there's a part that's unnecessary, or they can cut out the middle if the middle kind of gets slow and is not necessary, and they can, you know, decide to maybe adjust certain plot, you know, like move something earlier in the movie, maybe a flashback, put it in a different spot. So they, they can refine things, but ultimately they're not filming, right? Like they, they, they were given the different scenes. They can piece it together somewhat and they certainly can decide where the cuts are, but they're not fundamentally changing the movie in the vast majority of cases anyway, right? They're just refining what might be kind of coal into a diamond. 
And again, our internal editor does the same thing, right? Our internal editor is when we already have our second verse lyrics, and there's just something about that first and second line that just kind of is lame or falls flat or doesn't feel quite right. We then zone in on those lines and maybe we figure out, you know what, let's just rewrite these two lines. They're not saying what they need to say. Or maybe it's just an iterative lyric editing process at the at the word level, right? There's just a few words that are are kind of lame or or could be more precise. So we go to thesaurus.com and we're like, oh, you know, I, I use the word love, but really I want the word adore or or something like that. And all of a sudden the line goes from lame or kind of just eh, forgettable to something that's really quite good. That's the value that our internal editor provides, which is great. But you'll notice that you already had the second verse when that has value. It does not have value when the editor is preventing you from putting pen to paper. And sometimes, ultimately, our critic and our editor get in the way and force us into boxes, right? Our internal critic, our internal editor, maybe we're trying an idea that doesn't sound like a Joseph Vidala song, right? Maybe I'm writing a song that just doesn't sound like it would be me. So my internal critic and editor are like, this isn't a Joseph Vidala song. What are you doing? This sounds too, I don't know, poppy, or this, you know, this, this, this sound is too happy, right? You, you write darker songs. What are you doing? And, you know, that might make me or you lose an opportunity to write a, a great song and break outside of our box. But instead, our internal editor or critic is, is forcing us back into the box because ultimately sometimes uh, it's like fear, right? Fear is useful. It is good to have a healthy fear of a grizzly bear. Because if you see a grizzly bear in the wild, it is a good idea to not walk up to it. Right? It's a good idea to keep your distance. Now, I'm not saying you should scream and run away when you see one a mile away on top of a mountain or something. Um, and, and, and also, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of the dark in our bedroom and have to have a nightlight or at least if we're north of, you know, eight years old or something. But ultimately, you know, there's a reason that we often have a fear of the dark. And it, because it is based on something. If we can't see in the dark, we don't know what is there. And it is good to have some level of fear, right? The fear of fire is a good thing. It means you don't light a fire in your house and wonder why you burnt your house down, <laughs> right? So some level of fear is helpful in the same way that some level of being a critic and an editor is helpful, right? It holds you back in ways, it restrains you in a good way. But ultimately, we need to not let it rule us. We shouldn't let fear rule us, and we shouldn't let the editor and the internal critic rule us. They both have their places. They help us to stay, you know, in, on the path but but not so much that it, it we can't let it force us into a box, right? We can't let fear get ourselves to the point that we don't leave the house. But it is wise to have a healthy fear of, you know, not driving at 150 miles per hour on a highway because that can end very poorly. And our editor and critic is the same way, right? They're very valuable in their place, restrained, 
We allow them to help us. We don't allow them to rule us. So ultimately, we don't allow ourselves to slow down when it becomes tough sledding. We don't allow ourselves to continually consume even though it's infinitely easier than producing and creating. We force ourselves into creating. We force ourselves to put away YouTube and TikTok and whatever might be getting in the way. And even this podcast, again, even this podcast or any other podcast or YouTube or whatever that you, that is allegedly productive because learning. Ultimately, you got to produce. And then we let that internal critic or editor win. Hopefully this was helpful to you. If it was, or if you found other podcasts helpful, and by other podcasts, I mean other podcast episodes, <laughs> uh, something you can do to help me out is to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already, or... I believe Spotify also has reviews. So if you haven't done that, that's a great way to help me out if you appreciate this, this podcast. If you feel like you can give it five stars, that would be super, super helpful to me. I would appreciate that. If you feel like you can't give it five stars, you should just shoot me an email. And let me know how I can improve to earn five stars from you. And regardless, again, if you haven't already, pick up my free guide, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. If you are interested in 10 different ways to start writing a song, which will help you whether you're new to songwriting or somebody who is a seasoned vet, just with, you know, starting songs from different standpoints is a great, great way to get outside your box and to not be creatively limited. Because sometimes if you just keep going to the piano or keep going to the guitar, you'll run out of ideas. But sometimes if you just decide to write a bass line or decide to start with lyrics first or decide to start in a different place, all of a sudden your creative energy is right back just by sort of that change in the scenery. It's kind of like, you know, how sometimes if you just go to a coffee shop to work instead of working at the same desk you normally do, all of a sudden you can get stuff done. And it's literally just that like change of scenery. It is a subtle psychological thing, but it can go a long way. And starting your song from a different standpoint is a great way to do that. Also, I mentioned the, for the record, all these guides are free, but uh, if you're interested in the lyric writing checklist, six steps, be sure to check that out as well. It's a songwritertheory.com slash lyric checklist. We'll help you go from really just an idea to a lyric that you can be proud of that passes what I like to call the frame test, which is really just the idea. If you printed your lyrics out, put it in a frame and put it on the wall, would it pass as good poetry? You know, if you, a lot of songs use great melodies or good sounds or nice effects to cover up the fact that the lyrics are crap and people don't even notice because all the music sounds nice and the singer sings it really pretty. So they don't even notice, right? But we don't want that. We don't want to use music as our crutch for our lyrics. We want to have good lyrics because that's how you have a overall quality song. So if you're interested in that, be sure to check that out. Lyrics are super important to me. So if they're important to you, I'm sure that will certainly help you out. Again, thank you for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Don't listen to the next episode until you've done some writing. Do at least one hour of songwriting before you listen to the next episode. That's my challenge for you. 